No part of this lecture may be reproduced in any form, even for personal use. Now he gives us the following piece of advice. In order to do this, a man must choose solitude sometimes in one of his rooms. He says, Close myself up in solitude. How long? Five minutes is a tremendous achievement. Great men did it for longer times. But solitude is considered the right environment for thinking into these things. And he should collect all of his knowledge that he learned all the facts that he ever heard, Usvunos, and all of his understanding, to look into these two subjects. It means, in order to do this properly, don't be satisfied merely by talk, thinking about this subject alone, but bring in all of the information you ever heard, because everything that you learn about the facts of life, of science, of the world around us, geography, everything comes into play here and it is, you can be used to carry out these things. For instance, if you know some Tanakh, you know our history, you know what the great things Hashem did to us, or even you know, other things like Medrashim, to explain what actually were the things that happened in the nest of Purim, that makes it more understandable, see how great it was, that miracle, and you think about these things, you think about the Yesias Messiah and the miracles, you think about the wonders of nature. There's so many things to think about that you can utilize all of them to help us attain these attitudes of understanding the greatness of Hashem and the kindness of Hashem to us. A person knows something about physiology, and knows how the body functions, is amazed at the miracles that take place within our bodies and how they function so well the heart beats without stopping for so many years a pump made nothing of flesh not, a blood not made of steel not made of rubber and it pounds away more securely than if it had been rubber or steel for so many years and it doesn't stop for a moment and it continues to send the blood through the body on this round and every few minutes the blood comes back again to the heart and it goes through the lungs to be cleansed again, refreshed with new oxygen. How the, the kidneys are able to take the amount of liquid in the body and use it over and over again and purify it. How the temperature of the body is maintained always at a certain temperature that the thermostat in the body. How the body is able to maintain the acid content of the blood never more or less than a certain amount called the pH content of the blood. And the body maintains that, controls it all the time. And so there are millions of such things to think about. And it's not considered going off the subject. On the contrary, take all your knowledge and apply it to this very subject to recognize the greatness of the Creator and this kindliness towards us. Just say that. It's very stopping. Interesting. Interesting to note that after this, he suggests the importance of saying Tehillim with 
devotion and thinking into the words. But before he comes to Tilim, he tells us the first thing. It's a remarkable thing. Tilim is very valuable, you say. It's suggested. And think into the Tilim as you're saying here. No question, Tilim transforms a person's mind. He said, right. Not like people who feel like they go through a certain amount every day and just run through it. But Tilim transforms our minds. So as we traverse the same roads that Dovid traversed, although we can't have the same thoughts that we had, but some of the emotions are aroused in us. Tilim is tremendous, if you say it correctly. But what he said first is even more important. The greatness of Hashem and the kindness of Hashem, the way it was explained before, that's number one. He began speaking about the ways of acquiring the media of Hasidus. And he started out on the subject of thinking about the greatness of Hashem. the perfection of his wisdom and his kindliness, all the midas that we can discover by thinking into the Torah and thinking into the world around us, whatever it is, about the attributes of Hashem. Thinking also how much he loves his people Yisrael and how he brought close to him all the righteous ones in our history, Ovis and so on, Ovis and so on. Also thinking about the greatness of Torah, the greatness of the mitzvahs, and by these thoughts his mind will become inflamed with a love for Hashem and that brings a man into the attitude of a Hasidist he's willing to do anything for Hashem now he started saying at the bottom an aid to this study is solitude if a person is able at times to be alone and gather all his knowledge to concentrate on these subjects it's a big help it's better to do the bottom line now in and certainly will help if he is diligent and continues to say and study the songs of David and to think into them in the statements in Tillam and the subject that are discussed there but not only to recite Tillam 
but to think into the ideas of Tilim, and by trying to retrace the footsteps of Dovet HaMelech, we can gain some of the enthusiasm which he himself expressed. Of course, we won't be like David, but to some extent, we can be influenced by walking the footsteps of David and thinking in his mizmer and trying to repeat these ideas. Because all of the songs of David are full of love and fear of Hashem and kolmine chasidus and all forms of chasidus in Tillam. If a person looks into them and thinks in them, it's impossible that there shouldn't be awakened in him a great urge. Lord says, be closer to walk in the footsteps of David, and walk in his ways. It's impossible, he said, when you think in Tillam and you say these words with a certain amount of devotion, enthusiasm, that no question is going to arouse in us a certain desire to emulate David and to walk in his footsteps. So he recommends saying Tilim with that attitude of saying it slowly and thinking into it, meditating in Tilim. The Haintoyal Akriya Vesiprama Sapsidis Vagodasashabasha. Also it will help if a person reads the stories of the Tzadikim, the Hasidim, in the Tanakh and in the Gemara, and I got it. He called Elum, Elim, all these things stir the mind, they awaken the mind, the Yisroites, to think it over, and to do according to their beloved deeds. And that's clear. So before you repeat it, let's hear what he said. He said, if a person can have a little solitude from time to time, it's very useful. And then this time when he says Tillim, and he thinks into the ideas of Tillim, he's going to walk in the footsteps of David. Also, when he looks into the stories of the Gemara, or other stories in the Tanakh too, even after the Gemara, stories of Sadiqim, how I call this Baruch favored them and how they exerted themselves to walk in the ways of Hashem, there's no question, he said, that these things will awaken in him a desire to follow their example. Say that. And now I wish you to explain the things that contradict Chsidis, obstacles to Chsidis, or things that are forms of destruction of Chassidus. Hey, Matil, this is To be busy with too many things and to worry about things. For the mind is occupied and is hurries because of his worries and the things he has to do, it's impossible for him to turn to this study that we're explaining now, thinking into the things as he explained. 
Without thinking into these things, you will not acquire chasidus. And not only that, our feeling is even we already arrived at chasidus. And until this machrichas is asechel, but the troubles or the various things he has to do force his mind away from it. And they confuse Hasidus. So not only it's an obstacle to acquiring Hasidus, but it's one of the things that break down the Hasidus already acquired. And these worries and these so many duties will not allow him to strengthen himself in the fear of Hashem and love of Hashem and all the other attitudes that belong to Chesidus. Kasher dibat, like you said above. Kasher zahat, like you mentioned above. Al-Tain al-Muzikhan, whatever they said. Ein ashkhina shayro lemetich asu. The shkhina cannot rest on a man in the midst of sadness. Means depression. Lemetich asu. Also not in the midst of laziness. Sometimes the people fall into lazy moods. They don't have any more energy to do things. They look for the easiest way out. Of course, thinking is not easy. And people have an attitude of shirking things to do will surely shirk thinking. Well, let me talk shirk. Also, not from laughter and joking around. Let me talk about will not rest on people who are lightheaded in the attitude to others. Everything you take lightly, nothing is important or serious. And people who spend time in conversation, idle conversation, the screen will not rest on them. The screen rests only on a person who is in a simcha shal mitzvah. Now simcha shal mitzvah means he's happy with his accomplishing, his learning, or his doing good deeds for other people, or he is uh, accomplishing in these pursuits of thought that he mentioned above. All these things cause a man simcha and simcha And cause again and surely a person pursues pleasures and pursues good times shaheim hofki and mamash They're the opposite of Hasidus. The people are always busy running around visiting places looking for things to do to enjoy themselves. These people are doing the opposite of Hasidus. Because they persuade the mind to be drawn after them. The mind is drawn after these things. And therefore, the soul may call any apicious, and he turns away from all the things of abstinence by Yediamitis and the true knowledge. So what do they say here? He's saying that the Mahsidus are things that take up the mind. Now what takes up the mind? He enumerated a list of them. Worries, having too many things to do, be involved in too many things. Also, sadness, depression, lazy attitudes, calvary, and pursuing good times. All these things are the opposite of Hasidus. So when a person lives a life 
of normal self-sufficiency. Does what he has to do, take care of themselves, and is happy with his pursuit of the chassidus, it's in addition to making a living. All these things a person can do while he's making a living, and still he has time to pursue this subject of chassidus, and he will be happy in the knowledge that he's making progress, and as such a person, the shechina is going to rest, still inside. Ben Albert, the bottom paragraph. Before he spoke about the mafsidim, the obstacles, to the quality of chassidus. Certain things that serve as barriers to people who aspire to chassidus. Omnom ma'ashayuchal lishmer es odam u'la'atzilam in ha'mafsidim What is able to guard a person and to rescue him from these obstacles. I mentioned before the obstacle of being worried, having anxiety, and therefore always being occupied in his mind with thoughts how to deal with his problems in Palnose or relationships with people and other matters, now he's telling us an answer how to deal with these problems. Who have been talking? To exercise trust in our Kodesh Baruch. Trust in our Kodesh Baruch will help restore a person's peace of mind and allow him to devote his efforts to the pursuit of sins. He should cast his burden entirely on Hashem. Let Hashem worry about everything. That doesn't mean that a man neglects all of his normal occupations, but the thoughts that fill his mind, worries about Panosa, worries about how to marry off his daughters, worries about how to get along with his neighbors, all these things are constantly filling some people's minds. And some people are so perplexed by these things that they become mentally confused. And even those who are not ill are prevented from concentrating on what's really important in life. And therefore he said, put your burden on Hashem. It certainly won't be lacking whatever Hashem has already decided you should get. You're going to get what's coming to you, and therefore, to worry about it is unnecessary and it's a waste of effort. He quotes, Everyone's support, his needs, are decided from Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will carry out his decree and is not 
important for you to spend time thinking about anything. You do what you have to do, attend to your business, attend to your uh, fields, your panosa, take care of your health in a normal way, but don't be overly anxious about anything because it's a contradiction to Bintachan. And it's a contradiction to the pursuit of Hasidus. Hasidus requires a clear mind, as he emphasized above. Hasidus requires Haskolorabo, a great deal of circumspection and thought, and therefore it's impossible for both things to be in one mind. Worries and Hasidus. Stay up to here. Now the subject of Bitochen is a very big subject and in the Chavis Halvavitz is dealt with at great length. For the Mesil Hashem doesn't specialize in that subject. However, he doesn't omit it entirely. And here is one opportunity to hear what does he say on that subject of Bitochen. No one can touch what's been prepared for his fellow man, even a hair's breadth. The smallest amount nobody can take away from you. According to logic, a man should be able to sit idle all his life and not make any efforts for his panosa. And the decree that he should get a certain amount of Parnassus would be fulfilled anyhow. If not, for the punishment that was imposed, a fine, was imposed on all men as a result of the sin of Adam. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat bread. It means, originally the plan was Adam should be in Ganeidon and HaKadosh Baruch would take care of all of his needs. And he would be free to think only of pursuit of perfection. And today, we are now under the penalty of automation, which means we have to work in order to remind ourselves of the necessity at all times to beware of doing things that can bring misfortune on mankind. That's one of the reasons for work. Now, the truth is, there are more reasons. According to what doesn't do a thing for one purpose. For instance, the Moses says work is very important for a person's mental health. It wouldn't work if it bring to a certain confusion of mind. Or even worse, idleness brings to immorality. So people will become ill or will become broken in their morals. They didn't work. Work is a very important element in the building of character. Many other purposes are in work. But he gives us one thing to keep in mind when we work, that it was a result of the misdeed of automation that brought this penalty in all mankind. But actually, originally, we were intended to live in Ghanaian and not to work at all because our Kodesh Bohu's decree would provide for us. Asher al Therefore, a person must exert himself to some extent for the needs of his self-support. 
שכן גוזר המלך כן השם so decreed והרי זה כמס שפרעה על המין הנשי it's like a tax that he requires all mankind to pay the work is a tax אשר אין להימולת אמן you cannot avoid that here are the words can't avoid that tax it means everybody must work you can't avoid that tax that's imposed on all of mankind על כן אמרו יוכל העמי תינק אפילו יש לי בוטל אם הוא יסיס אידל, אידל בי סופישן פרהם, ואיל גט אני הלוויז דקריז פרהם. תלמוד לימה, וכל מעשיך, מעשיותך אשר תעשה, I'll bless you, in what? With all the work of your hands that you will do. So you have to work with your hands, and Lord Hashem to bless you. So now he tells us, despite the fact that we have to pay that tax and do some work, Nevertheless, we should know that our work accomplishes nothing at all. It's only a formality that we have to fulfill. But our efforts do not help at all. We're forced to exert ourselves in some effort just to show that we're paying the tax. But as soon as a person fulfills his obligation and he does work, he has fulfilled his duty to Hashem, and then he knows that Hashem is going to do what's decreed anyhow. Say that on the side. So when a person fulfills the obligation and he does his work, already is a place for the Baruchah of Shemayim to come to rest on him. And he doesn't have to waste all of his days in industry and in exertion. Now this needs an explanation. Nothing is so simple. And each person, it depends on their circumstances. Sometimes he has to work longer in some occupations. It does require maybe even after working hours to take another job. A person has to judge according to the circumstances because sometimes he sees it does not make panos with one job. Whatever it is, however, a man's mind does not have to be enslaved entirely. His mind has still opportunity to be free to think about himself. And if he goes into the pursuit of his needs with too much exertion, it means he's forgetting the great principle that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does provide for man, and he'll give him what was decreed on Rosh Hashanah anyhow. Huma she'oma dobed Not from the east, not from the west. And it will not come from the wilderness or the mountains. Don't think that it's a treasure that you'll have to find some place in order to support yourself. Don't think you have to go searching for some wealth someplace. Ki Elikim Shoifet. Elikim is the judge. And he decides how much each person should get. Zeyashkel. This person he will lower. Zeyayim. This person he will elevate. All depending on his decree. Some he makes poor, some he makes rich. But a person's efforts will not change the exile. 
Uh, once more, not a simple statement. If a person neglects to work sufficiently, he said above, that I call this brother who considers him as if he didn't pay the tax. Didn't pay the tax, then the rules don't apply to him. But they said here only applies to people who have done their duty in working. How much is their duty? This is a matter that depends on a person's understanding or on the advice that he receives from people who are competent to advise him. Don't labor yourself in order to become wealthy. Use your own understanding and refrain. Refrain from the pursuit of wealth. That doesn't mean you shouldn't try to become wealthy. Everybody has a right to try to become wealthy. But to put such exertions that demonstrate that he believes that he himself is the author of his fate, he is the only one who can decide what's going to happen to him. That's a big error. So Altiga, don't labor yourself excessively to become wealthy. But you can make schemes to become wealthy. You can make plans to become wealthy. Nothing wrong with that. What is the true way? Is the way of the ancient Hasidim. Osim Torosom Ika. They made their Torah the most important part of their life, and their work was only incidental. Now, let's not make any mistake about that. When people think that they can work one or two hours a day and be Yetzir like the ancient Hasidim is not so. These ancient Hasidim, for they had such a clear belief in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu compensated them. And they didn't have to work, like it says, if a person takes upon himself the oil Malchus they take off from him oil, Malchus, oil Derechaz. is relieved of the yoke of doing much work. But other people must work in an ordinary amount. This is saying is the ideal for people who have reached the Madrege, so their Torah is most of their day, and their work is a minor part of their day. They succeeded in both, they succeeded in their Panasa, and they succeeded in their Torah. When a person did some work, from then on, he should trust only in his Creator, and not have distress on no worldly matter. So once more, must be emphasized, not to learn wrong pshat. People must work, what's considered a normal amount of work, but beyond doing his duty, when he comes home, he shouldn't sit and bite his lips and wear out his mind and worrying and not having any thoughts about his main purpose in life, which is himself. Oh, to show I die to Pinuit, then his mind will remain free, and his heart will be prepared for the true Hasidus, and the perfect service of Hashem. Say that. Kuf Mem Gimel Kuf Mem Gimel
Hinei kvora di barinu lemailo miginu sagav. Above we spoke about the shamefulness of the quality of arrogance. Umiklolo nishma shevahuanova. And from that, by inference, we can understand the value of humility, which is the opposite of God. But now we'll speak more about the main subject of another. I can explain now. When he spoke about Hasidus, it seemed that he was talking about people on an extremely high level of perfection. Because before you come to Hasidus, you have to pass through the previous stages of perfection, one after the other. And still, when we come now to the true concept of Anova, is going to show us that Anova is not easy at all and is considered a higher perfection than the meat of Hasidus. That's somewhat surprising, but as we learn inside, we'll learn more about it. The Hisboya Agava and the Agava will be understood more automatically. Once we understand the Anova more, will understand the danger of Gaiva even more. In a cloud of what's the general statement about Anova? A man should not make himself considered important for any reason whatsoever. That means he has reasons for which he could be proud and he's able to overlook them and disregard like Moshe Rabbeinu had every reason to feel how important he was. And so each Moshe owned of Moed, he was the most humble of all men. So we see that true Anova requires to overlook all of your excellencies, all of your points of importance, and still be humble. Now, you might ask, how could that be? After all, Moshe Rabbeinu knew who he was. He knew that he was the greatest man. Otherwise, he would be speaking against the Torah, but the Torah states openly that he was. But Moshe knew the Torah. Nevertheless, Moshe Rabbeinu, the way the Chavos Alvobis explains, was always aware that he was standing in front of HaKadosh Baruch. And a human being, no matter how perfect he is, when he is aware of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he knows he shrinks down to nothing. The true humility is the awareness of Hashem. And therefore, it's possible for a man to have every form of perfection and still be more on of, more humble than all the people around him because he is aware of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, more than they are. It's actually the opposite of Gaive. Gaive tries to take any good points he has and to magnify them. And when he had no good points, he imagines he had good points in order to be elegant. And in most cases, that's how it works. When people have nothing in them, they're the most elegant people. The people who have something are less elegant. And therefore, it's the opposite mamish of Anova. Anova is the quality of overlooking your valuable traits. And Agara is the quality 
of magnifying and inventing God you were tracing yourself. Say that inside. And the results that are derived from this attitude of Anova, will be just the opposite of the results that come from the media of arrogance. Okay, when we'll look into the matter more carefully, we'll find that Anova, humility, depends on two factors thought and behavior it depends on a person's way of thinking and a way of behaving at first a man should strive to be humble in his thoughts without demonstrating outwardly that he considers himself an honor he should train himself to think along the lessons we're going to learn soon along those lines until he becomes an honor in his mind afterwards he can behave according to the ways of an honor but otherwise he won't be humble in his mind he'll try to behave like a humble man like an honor in his behavior might only be one of those imaginary and harmful anovim that he mentions above. They're included in those people who are dyed, who are dyed, I mean they have a color outside which deceives people from recognizing who they are inside. They're the worst in the world. Now we'll explain these two things. I'm going to explain this before we go on. The founders of the other religions acted like Hanavim. They look at their works and they write, suffer the little children to come to me. They talk about meekness. But actually, they were the biggest Balei Gaiva. They spoke against the Chachamim constantly. They called the Chachamim serpents with the worst names. And they acted like the biggest Hanavim. They railed at the Pharisees, at all from Jews, they ridiculed them, that they're no good, that they're out for money. But they, of course, these people who did these things, who ridiculed the Chachamim, they themselves advertised themselves as the most meek of men. And that's what's the sickness and all the false religions. These people are all swimming, mean, die, they're colored on the outside. But inside, there's nothing to them at all. That's what he's telling us now. And if a person behaves like an honor, let's say he's humble, he wears even r- ragged clothing, he associates with the lepers like that fellow did in the New Testament, he associates with the lepers, with the sick people. He showed that he was an honor. All these things are only for demonstration, for show. But inwardly, they had not accomplished anything on themselves at all. And therefore, they were the worst in the world because these people who deceive the world and think that they are not them are the most dangerous of all. That's what he's telling us. Now, since three people asked the same kasha, I can't ignore it. They all said, didn't we learn here many times that it's important to do external things in order to bestow our internality, interiority? So by doing outward things in the course of time, it becomes part of our personality.
The answer is this. If we are seeking to become anovim, and we do certain things, then it's part of the work. And we'll see later. He mentioned that. It helps out. Because he said in two ways. But if people, let's say, will act like anovim, but inside not, so what will happen? And they sit in the last seat near the door, they pat themselves on their back. What great people they are. How perfect they are in their humility. And so it's becoming worse and worse. This Anova, that's only a demonstration, but he had no interest in becoming an honor, actually corrupts his character. When a person yearns to be an honor, he desires to be an honor, and he works on himself. At the same time, he does certain things that help him bring the thoughts into his mind more deeply, then it's all right. Then that's the chesens, merasas, apneus. We'll learn that later. Inside now. What's the anove in thought? She is bainen order. Man should look into the following. We use amis esloi, and he should be convinced. Asher ein hatilo v'akobit v'yeno. That praise and honor are not befitting him. And surely that he should elevate himself on other people. It's because actually he can't help himself. And certain things he is lacking in certain things. Also because of a certain behavior that he had already. So the two things that cause a man to become an honor, he'll consider them. And he's going to explain the two things. One is behekla, what everybody already should consider as a reason, even without his own fault, by effect of his being, a human being, the reason why he should be humble. And in addition, there are certain things that he did in his past that should make himself ashamed of himself, as follows. Now, things that is lacking by nature, originally, naturally, a person is lacking. Proshut who kiyev shel adam, if ezem adregeshim in ashlemes, it's not possible anybody, no matter how high his degree of perfection should be, shaliyavachesenesam. He shouldn't have many faults. Even the best people have many faults. Now that's something that most people may not agree with. But he's telling us, he knows. Even the best people have many faults. Either because of his nature. Let's say a person may have a nature that's somewhat lazy. Maybe a very fine person with a lazy nature. Or he may be hasty and quick-tempered. Even a very fine person. All kinds of character traits that people can have. And despite their attempt to maintain their humility, they haven't conquered all of the faults that are lurking in the back of their minds. Or his family or his relatives. That's also a reason to be bashful. If your family is a low character, unimportant people, now you might say, how does that read down to my discredit? When a person has... Uh, 
illustrious family, that gives him a reason to feel a certain amount of pride. No question about it. If he comes from a poor family, a low ignorant family, so certainly that's one reason to be ashamed of himself. Now don't think that's is a false reason. We have to utilize these reasons. So who am I? Like David Amel said, who am I, David said? I come from Rus Hamovia, from a Moabite family. I'm descended from a Moabite. And the Moabites can't marry the Jewish people. The male, Moabim, also. A female could, if she became a gay. A male not. But it was a shame for David. And he always remembered that. That he came from a Moabite family. Now, actually, that was one of the benefits for David. The Lord said, whenever David felt that he might be proud of himself, he did so many great things in his life, so he looked back to his origin, and that caused him to come home. Look, I come from the Moabim. And the Lord says, that's why I call this Baruch appoints great men, only those who carry on their back a box of worms. So whenever they become too arrogant, we tell them, look what's behind you, on your back. They have a box of worms on your back. And David, because he had on his back a box of worms, he came from the despised Moabi nation, that helped him become an honor. But every person should utilize the low state of his family in order to help him become an honor. Now that's something that most people won't agree with because everybody is democratic today and it seems that all people are the same. It's not the same. There's no question that people get credits for coming from good families. No question. A son of Tzadikim deserves recognition by everybody. It comes from a family, a line of Talmud HaHomi deserves recognition. But most people can look back and find in their relatives close relatives, reasons why they should become humble, and he should utilize that. Omitzad mikrem, or some things that happen, she could happen to him. Sometimes things happen to him. Not because of what he did. What happened to him? Now that needs to be explained. Certain things happen to people, and they're very much embarrassed by that. They did made mistakes. Not because of wickedness, they made mistakes, and they were blamed. And therefore, he should look back and say, when I was in Cheda, my Rebbe said, why am I so, why did I fall asleep? Why am I so slow? And so on. And even though now he is a big Talmud Chochem, he remembers that it was a time when he was remiss in his studies. Oh, Mitzad Maisel. Or sometimes his own deeds cause him to be ashamed. There's no man in the world who is so righteous that will do only good and not do a sin. I'll give one more example before we close. The Imona says, it's not good for women to be arrogant. Women shouldn't be arrogant. A woman should be more humble. And then it says, for the case of a woman who was a prophetess, and she was arrogant. Devotee. She wasn't arrogant. But there was a criticism, she didn't have enough humility. And one of the reasons that she was criticized, a very queer reason, She's called Devota. Devota means a bee. Now, a bee is not a complimentary name at all. To be a bee, we have this thing to it. Her name should have inspired her to more humility. It's a remarkable statement in the Whenever she felt 
impelled to be proud of herself, she just thinks, who am I? I'm called a bee. Is that a name for a great person? I'm nothing but a bee. Now, to us, it seems ridiculous, but to great people, they utilize these things. And it could have helped her remain humble always. Whenever she became proud, I'm nothing but a dweller. That's an insight. Now, he's telling us various forms of stimuli that can help a person become humble, either because his family is humble, nobody's, or because of what things that happened to him. Let's say he was, at one time, let's say, a, a, a laundry man, even though later he went out and founded a big yeshiva. I'm telling about an actual story. There's a laundry man in Scranton who came to Brooklyn and founded a very big yeshiva, one of the biggest yeshivas in America. I'm sure he always remembered, because he learned the Sikh Hashem always, Arabian. always remembered what he once was a laundry man, and he didn't become arrogant, and I didn't allow people to call him rabbi, only a mister, always mister. Respecting humility. Or because of some things people did, that's their fault. Because no tzaddik is there in a world who doesn't make some sin. Let's say that inside. Kuf Memgim. Kuf Memgim. thanks. Kuf Memgim. The bottom line. He spoke about stimulus that can stimulate a person to ANOVA. Everyone has plenty of faults in the character because nobody's born perfect. And it takes training, learning and training for a person to eradicate the natural tendencies which create faulty behavior. And if a person looks back on his career, how short it is, he'll surely see that there are plenty of things that will enable him to be humble. Now, this is not the attitude of the world in general, because the people in general concentrate on their good points. They ignore everything else. And even if they have no good points, they invent them. They imagine them. But the person who seeks to succeed in this meter of our novel as humility, which is a very great achievement in character and in service of Hashem, and we'll soon speak about that, utilizes everything that he can find to humble him. Even the fact that he comes from an unimportant family. Now you might say, it's democracy, we're all equal. No, the honor utilizes the who am I, where do I come from? Like David Amela said, may only who am I, or may I basically, what's my family? I come from a Moabite woman, Rus, and the Moabites were scorned by the Jewish people. It was also to marry a Moabite man. And so, David utilized every opportunity to lower himself. Now, that doesn't mean a person should have an inferiority complex. Inferiority complex means a person who suffers 
from being inferior. And he wants to overcome that and become superior in his feelings. But the Onav delights in gaining an attitude of lowliness in order to humble himself. And of course, the main objective in all forms of humility is in order that a person should be humbled before Hashem. Anybody who's proud is already in competition with Hashem. He may say, who said such a thing? When it comes to Hashem, no, certainly. I'm not competing with Hashem. But the fact is that a person who is arrogant is already arrogant towards Hashem. And why is that? Because you can only behave towards Hashem with those character traits that you possess. If your character traits are good traits, then you can behave towards Hashem with good character traits. If you have negative character traits, then you behave towards Hashem with negative character traits. So the arrogant man is arrogant towards Hashem too. No use talking. That's how it is. You might try to deny it. An arrogant man is arrogant against HaKadosh Baruch Hu too. The humble man is humble towards Hashem. Naturally, he's humble towards everybody else too. And we'll see ways and means how to express that humility towards human beings. But in the final analysis, it's a form of service of Hashem. When a person is able to overcome the natural tendency that emphasizes Ani, the Afsi and besides me there's nothing else in the world, that attitude is born in us. Even a baby in his crib has that attitude. And it remains in many people all their lives. So if we overcome that attitude, then we're capable now of thinking about serving Hashem. That's why Anova is a very important achievement. Now the bottom line. Hain kol eile mumi all these things he enumerates, are blemishes in a person. Becomes of a low family, or he has uh, even physical things that make him feel somewhat humble. You should take it in consideration. They don't leave him any space to feel arrogant at all. And even though he's a person with many positive characteristics, but he dwells on his blemishes in order to bring himself into the attitude of another. He crawled in The these subjects that I mentioned above, excuses for a person to feel humble, will be sufficient to overcome the recognition of his qualities. For instance, a person realizes that he comes from the earth. Who is who am I after all? My flesh is created from materials which my parents ate. And it came out of the earth. And eventually it will come back to the earth. What's going to happen? Even the most important and powerful person will put him into the soil and he'll become a soil again. So, I am a dust in my lifetime like we said yesterday. Surely when I'll die, I'll surely be nothing but dust. We're just what we are alive. And also, how were you born? 
You're born not in descending from the sky, you're born from a woman in a most ignominious way, and you were born. You were filthy, you had to be cleaned and washed off. And at first, you were lying in your own dirt, in your diapers. You had to be constantly cleansed in your diapers. And so, you might say that's nothing. Everybody is the same. But people who are interested in attaining meat of Hanover, keep in mind that they're nothing but bosor vodom. They're blood and flesh. Blood and flesh. Bosor like Abraham said, Bandukhi off of Eifa. I am not, nothing but dust and ashes. Constantly the tzaddik remind themselves of the weakness, the frailty of their personalities. Besides that, everybody did some wrong things in his life. He said wrong words, foolish things. Of course, people who are not interested in studying their character forget about all the wrong things they did. But the tzaddikim who are working on this great midah, they remind themselves, and therefore, there are plenty of stimuli to help a person acquire the midah of another. Say that inside. Hidei ha-chokmoh, hiha meviya yeisha asa-odom, l'idei The most effective means of bringing a person to self-elevation and arrogance is his wisdom. When a person is educated, especially if he learned in Torah, that is the best reason to feel that is important. And that's going to cause him the biggest test. The wiser you are, the more you think about yourself. And therefore, in proportion to your excellence in your learning, in your wisdom, you have to labor more in order to overcome it and to acquire the Midavanova. This is a superiority in a man himself. It's the most important part of him, it is in mind. A person, let's say, will boast. He has big muscles, he's tall, he's strong. So that's a physical thing. But he's boasting of his mind in this case. And the mind is the most important part of a personality. And therefore he feels he's justified in being proud. And therefore this is going to be the biggest obstacle, the biggest barrier to become an owner. The mind is the most important part. But still, there's no wise man who does not make any mistakes. The wisest man can make mistakes. Who doesn't need to learn from the words of somebody else. Even the wisest man. That's why the Torah tells the story that Moshe Rabbeinu rebuked Aaron. Why didn't you eat with the Corbin today? And I was, how can I eat of the coven? My son's died today. I mean, oh, no, I can't eat from the coven. And Moshe heard, Vayishma Moshe, Vayitavin, it was good in his eyes. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu surely would have known that. Any scholarship that Aaron had, certainly it came from Moshe Rabbeinu. The answer is, Moshe Rabbeinu was portrayed here in the situation that he forgot something. It's almost impossible to believe 
Then Mesha Abin and Melin yes. Hold the below bullshit, my say admitted what the shame. To admit yes, you're right. You're right. You cannot eat the comb if you're an onion, you're lost a close relative today. And it's put in the toilet that teaches that nobody who is not vulnerable to errors. So the person who is excellent in his mind should know my mind can make errors too. He should be aware of that. He should be humbled by the fact that no mind is perfect. Upomim Rabis, many times, even the words of his disciples, he is corrected from his errors. Many times, a man's Talmudim show him that the Rebbe himself made an error. In Cain, if that's the case, how can a person elevate himself because of his wisdom? Now, we have to understand, we're not saying that wisdom is not important. On the contrary, all good things that you can gain, you try to gain, try to gain wisdom. You can even try to gain big muscles too if you want. All good things, physical and spiritual, you have a right to try to gain. But we have to make sure they're not going to be barriers in our career towards the meat of another. We have to overlook them. Even though you have, let's say, a wonderful mind stuck with all kinds of wisdom, nevertheless, you should realize that you're capable of errors, and therefore, it should not prevent you from acquiring the meat of another. Say that. And the example of Moshe Rabbeinu, who was the most learned of all people, but Ish Moshe Onov Me'oid Mikol Ha'odam. He was the most humble of all men. So he had to conquer this great barrier. But he overcame it. And despite the fact he was the greatest of all, nevertheless, he was the most humble of all. The Torah testifies. Mikol Ha'odam Ashel Pnei Ho'adamo. Not another person on the face of the earth that could equal him in humility. That's a tremendous thing. Of course, we have to add one thing. Like the Chavis Alvava said, Meshach Rabbeinu succeeded because he was always aware he was standing in front of Hashem. If you stand in front of Hashem, you always realize how small you are. And that's the very most effective method of helping you to overcome these barriers of the greatness of your personality. You're standing before Hashem. Who are you in the front of Hashem? Kuf Samif Dalet. The Omnom. Kuf Mem Dalet. Kuf Mem Dalet. The Omnom. On the subject of Anova, and he gives some suggestions how even very important people could work on the media of Anova to see reasons why they shouldn't be arrogant and proud. The Omnom, Mishu Balsecha Yosher, when a person has a good mind, up to now he was telling us things that everybody could utilize to help himself be an honor. And now it says, a person has a good mind, even though he was worthy enough 
to become a great and exceptional Chacham. Still, if he looks into the matter well, he'll see there's no place for arrogance or to try to elevate himself. If a person has such a good mind that he knows what to do more than other people, it's only because that's the nature of his mind. It was given to him. He was given a better mind. Like a bird that can fly high overhead. It's not the, nothing for the bird to be proud of. That's the nature of a bird to fly. The ox is able to pull a heavy load because that's his nature. If a man is wise, he should say, HaKadosh Baruch gave me a more facile, more effective mind, and therefore there's nothing for me to be proud of. And people who are not as wise as he had, had they had the same kind of a mind that this man had, maybe they would have used it better. Oh, you miss Hakim, He could have been just as good as he was. And therefore, in Cain, in there's no reason to pride himself. Now, he said above, before this paragraph, that the Chokhmah is the most frequent cause for people to become Balei Gaiva. Because of Chokhmah, a person feels that it's important. In most cases, it's not so. He's not a Chochmah at all, but everybody thinks he's a Chochmah. And therefore, the Chochmah is the first excuse to make yourself feel superior. So even if it was true that you're superior, you should only understand that like Kodesh Bola gave you a more efficient mind. Somebody else had your mind, maybe he'd do even better than you. If a person does have great Chochmah, he has to know that his mind is to be used to help other people who need Chochmah. It's like an ox. We utilize the power of the ox for people who need something to pull a heavy load. So a man has a better mind, is needed by all other people to help them think things out with his mind. If you learn very much Torah, don't give yourself credit. You were created for that purpose. That's what it says in up. You were made for that purpose. And since you were made with a better head, and you were able to learn more, therefore, you're giving yourself credit for a gift that our Kodesh Brother gave you. Say up to here. In Gibahu, he was a powerful man. He should know. It was given to him for the purpose, to help weak people, and to rescue people for being wronged by others. He comes along, let's say, and he says, don't bother this man. So people who are rough and ex will listen to him. They're afraid of him. Or you're told, it's the purpose of helping, let's say, your wife take things off the high shelf. That's what you're told for. But not because you have any reason to pride yourself that you have this gift was given to you. Well, the laws are How can you compare this? Let me show you how bias. People who work in a house, the servants, 
The cook is an expert cook. People who are good at washing the laundry are good at washing laundry. Each one is appointed over some area in the service of the house. Each one is proper for him to stand and do his duty according to what is given to him to do. In order to fill all the needs of the house. There's no reason to be justified to be proud. So I call this one these people who have good heads and people who have good eyes and good fingers, people that can do other things, all kinds of abilities. Sometimes they're good tailors, and the biggest chokham couldn't do what a tailor can do. And therefore, there's no reason to feel that he's different. I call this boy gave him the chokhmah to do his share in the benefits of the world. Say that. Um, we skipped. We skipped him also. He was a wealthy man. This much he has a right to be happy. He has to thank Hashem. Of course, a tall man has to thank Hashem that is tall. A rich man has to thank Hashem that is rich. But to be proud that is rich, to feel that he deserves a special recognition. No. For all of who, Lazar, Mishaino, it's his duty to help others who don't have money. And therefore, everybody, if he's about Seichel, can understand he really has no reason to justify himself in being arrogant. Next paragraph. This study is proper for every person who has a good a straight mind and not a crooked mind. Of course, people with crooked minds won't think this way. When this becomes clear to a person, and it's called a true honor. So a true honor is a person who thinks in Inonevemune that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the source of his superiority. He has to believe always that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the source of his superiority and then he becomes a true honor. Say that. Right by honor. He's an honor inside of him. Now being honor inside, that's the real anova, not the person shows anova, but he has anova. When David was bringing the Torah into the place that he had made for it, and he was dancing in the street, so Michal, his wife, was the daughter of the king Shaul, she looked from the window and she saw David dancing. She said, you're dancing among the avodim and the shvachat, among the slaves and the maidservants. Is that for a king to do? So he said, yes. I am low in my own eyes. That's a real honor. In his own mind, he is low to himself. Now this, Sechavis always explains, because when you're in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, everybody is low. And dancing before the Arayin Hashem, everybody should be low. That's why Meshach Rabbeinu was the biggest honor because he was aware of our Kodesh Baruch more than anybody else. Upon him, upon him. And therefore David understood how to be an honor. And he was an honor in his own mind. The honor How great are the people who are low of spirit, it means humble of spirit. She was man, she based on English, Kayim, or the Maki, 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 or the
When a person brought a carbon oila, he received a reward for an oila. According to how much you were marked carbon, that much you get reward. Of a person whose mind is humble within him, is considered as if he brought all the carbonus. Because an honor is constantly being matrius, his given. When a person insults him, he swallows his pride, doesn't answer back. When somebody else gets covered that he could have gotten, he swallows his pride. Constantly, he is makhtiv kolbonis to HaKadosh Baruch Shenema ziv chay elokim ruach nishbara. Offerings to Hashem. Listen, plural, rabim. A broken spirit. So you see a person with a broken spirit is called an oved Hashem because he's always makhtiv kolbonis to HaKadosh Baruch his makhtiv thinks other people don't want to sacrifice. He's willing to yield. Somebody spoke against him, he doesn't speak back. Doesn't take revenge. It's an honor. Who am I? And therefore, since he's constantly forcing himself to yield and not to respond, not to take action, because of his anova, that's called offerings, called Shem. This is the praise for people low in spirit. They're low in their minds. Now, this doesn't mean inferiority complex. If he are the complex a person who is sorry that he is so weak, he would like to be strong, he'd like to be arrogant, he'd like to feel important. He wants more importance. So his sickness is he's lacking in importance. Where the honor doesn't have any sickness, he doesn't feel he's lacking in importance. He feels he has enough importance, he doesn't doesn't deserve any more importance. Set inside. According to the person's greatness, that's how much he gets of being an honor. Because it's more difficult for him to be an honor. And therefore, Mesha Rabbeinu, who was Lekom Komoihu, never again would be a man like him. And he knew that because he wrote that in the Torah. And he believed that. Otherwise, he wouldn't be a Maimon in the Torah. And nevertheless, Is Mesha honor made me call her Adam, I shall play her Adama. So Mesha Rabbeinu was the biggest Maktiv Kabbalah of all. Even though he knew who he was, he was able to overcome even that mountain of greatness. Kufmem Hay. The Chayin Omer. He speaks of the Mide of Anova. Now, we have to understand that this is not merely one of the good midas that people could have. It's considered a high degree of perfection when a person arrives at that midah. Because our novel includes many forms of shlemus. In many ways in which a person who has gained our novel has already gained success in many other things. And it's also a stepping stone to the true greatness of life. From another you step to the true greatness of life. And therefore, it's not just a good quality. Any good meat is valuable, but another is a madrege of shlemus. Now the chain omru old, he quotes, 
לא מרובכם מכל העמים חושק השם בכם. Not because you are more numerous than all the nations that Hashem have a delight in you. Now that's a plain meaning. So the Gemara puts another meaning into these words. That lo mirubchem, because you never make yourself superior to anybody. The word Rav, great. That's why Hashem shows you of all the nations. My children, I delight in you. Even when I bestow upon you greatness, it means authority and power. You make yourself small before me. The great leaders of the Am Yisrael, despite the tremendous power that they possessed in their days, nevertheless were among the most humble of all people. Among the nations, when somebody became powerful, he became always arrogant. Never became an honor, just the opposite. But among the Am Yisrael, those who were their leaders, because they were people who endowed with certain virtues that HaKadosh Baruch Hu desired and made them leaders, these men always made themselves smaller just because of the greatness that they acquired from Hashem. Now, here's the examples. I gave, great, I gave greatness to Avram. Avram is called Nisi Elikim by the nations. He was a prince of Hashem. Avram was very wealthy. Avram was a successful general. He was able to drive away the invading kings who came from the north. And Avram was very important in the world. What did he say? I am nothing but dust and ashes. And he meant it. I gave them greatness. They were the leaders, like kings of the entire army Israel for 40 years. And they said, what are we? We're nothing at all. When I gave greatness to David, he was the most powerful king we ever had of the list of kings, and he conquered great territories all around the Aras Yisrael and he built the Beis HaMikdash and he wrote Tillim and he was the hero of the Jewish nation when he killed Goliath from all these reasons he could have been the most proud of men what did he say? I am a worm and not a man and he meant it now how did he arrive at that degree? of greatness well we learn some ways how people should think certain thoughts besides the thoughts that Messiah tells us David had his own thoughts and he finally succeeded in becoming such an honor that he actually could mean what he said no part of this lecture may be reproduced in any form even for personal use